Hey everybody, welcome to Therapy for Humans, the podcast where if you're not careful, you might just pick up some tips on how to survive as a more or less psychologically intact human in the modern world. My name is Rowan, and I'll be your host. So on this podcast and on future editions, as you may have surmised by now, we will be talking about therapy. Don't switch me off just yet. I've been listening to some other therapy podcasts, and as a therapist, uh, I just wasn't hooking in. I wasn't interested in what they were saying. They were either too healy-feely or too dry or just too fucking weird. So unfortunately, this is similar to the experience that many people have when they go to an actual in-person therapist. And I try not to be like that in session, and I'm going to damn sure try not to be like that here. So on the show today, we're going to be talking about relationships, we're talking about vulnerability, we're talking about backlash when you make decisions based on what your heart tells you to do and everybody else in your life blows up around that. We're going to talk about therapy a little bit in terms of what you should be looking for in a therapist and why it's important. There's a lot of bad therapy happening out there. There's a lot of good therapy happening out there. And I hope I can give you some tips on trying to figure out the difference between the two. I will be answering questions uh, and you can email questions to me at rowan at therapyforhumanspodcast.com. You can also just Google Rowan and Durango and I'll pop up with all kinds of different things that I do and ways you can get a hold of me. And I will answer your questions on subsequent shows. So first off, let's talk about looking for a therapist and what to look for, what some red flags might be. Chances are, if you're looking for a therapist for the first time, uh, things in your life are not going well. So it's not a fantastic time for you to begin with. And the last thing you need is some asshole telling you how you feel and why you feel that way. I speak from experience. I've been through that. It sucks. It blows a lot of people out of therapy very quickly and they never come back and they don't get the help they need because of that. So I hate seeing that happen. Um, I always recommend that people sit with two or three different therapists to try to get a feel for what that's like. Most therapists are going to offer a 15 minute meet and greet session free of charge. If they don't, it's not necessarily a deal breaker. It may mean that they are really good at what they do and they just don't have time or inclination to give that to you. Um, but whenever possible, I would recommend that you try to just meet your prospective therapist and just see if it's a good fit. I believe that in therapy, the relationship is the most important part of the process. And if that is not in place, if you don't like or respect your therapist, if you don't think that they'd be somebody you'd want to maybe go have a beer with, then they're probably not a great fit for you. There are exceptions to that, but you are going to be, if you're doing it right, sharing a lot of things with this person that you may not have shared with anybody or very few people. And you need confidence that that information is going to be treated with the respect that it deserves. So we had someone call in with a question, so we're going to go to the phones and check that out right now. Hey, Rowan. How do I heal from the trauma of the last year or two and face the world with an open heart and a sense of peace and optimism? So the question is, how do we heal when things go badly? How do we move on with a positive outlook? 
So basically the question is when when someone makes choices in their life that cause their life to basically blow up in ways that they didn't see coming, uh, what does it mean and what do we do about it? So anytime someone chooses a different path than the one that was expected by the people who surround us, um, it can cause a lot of disruption and a lot of hurt feelings and a lot of confusion and it can get pretty out of control. So this could be uh, a child rejecting the religion of uh, their parents. Uh, this could be uh, a spouse that no longer wants to be in a marriage. This could be uh, an older member of the family who's decided they want to end their lives. Anything that deviates from the way the rest of the people in that unit thought things were going to go um, can cause turmoil. Looking at this from a social work background, uh, I feel like the right to self-determination is uh, a huge part of what makes us human and what makes us complicated. And there are a lot of people who live their lives virtually for other people and they don't really unfold into their authentic life the way that they might because they don't want to cause waves. Okay, so there you are. You're tooling along. Your life is going more or less the way you thought it was going to go, and you start having these feelings like, this is not the life I wanted, or this no longer feels like the life that is right for me. So how do we know, first of all, when it's okay to kind of pull the ripcord and create something entirely different? And then also, what do we do if there's backlash and fallout? And generally there is, if it's a radical departure. So let's take the first part first. How do you know when it's time to make a change? Generally, we all have moments in our life when we're dissatisfied, when we're unhappy with where we're at or what's going on. We either feel like we're stagnating or we feel like we've entered into a scenario that no longer is either comfortable or healthy for us. And this could range from discomfort with your job to discomfort with your spouse to finding yourself in an abusive relationship. Basically anything that feels like it's no longer serving you. So generally what I would suggest is to not jump at the first whiff of disenchantment with where you're at. Um, and look hard at what's going on and where you can make shifts that might help you feel better about where you're at. But the caller is in a situation where they have lived in um, an unhappy situation for a very long time and they chose to make some changes. So let's say that you're in that situation. You have finally decided to take your life back to take control of where you're going and how you're going about it. And all of a sudden, the people in your life are knocked off balance. They didn't see it coming. They don't understand it. They're blaming you for all kinds of different things that may or may not have had anything to do with you. And rather than feeling like you've just embarked on this exciting new part of your life, you are sunk into 
turmoil with those around you. And in some cases, maybe you're even feeling abandoned by the people that you always thought would be there for you. Step one is about compassion for yourself and for everyone involved. Chances are that you have been living with the idea of this shift for years. The people in your life have not. This is new information for them. They didn't see it coming. They didn't have any clue that you were even thinking about it. And all of a sudden, it looks to them like you're making radical choices that are going to affect the rest of your life, and they don't think that you've put any thought into it at all. Try to communicate with them the best you can that this is not new information for you, that this has been something that has been sleeping within you for a long time, and once it woke up, you had to follow this path. You didn't have a choice. This is the right thing for you. Often this can help your loved ones understand a bit more about where you're coming from. You also have to give them time to absorb the information and absorb the experience that you're having and let them catch up psychologically and emotionally to where you're at. Okay, so let's say that you've done that. You've given people time. You've allowed them to catch up to you. You have given them space to have all of the reactions that they needed to have. And instead of them coming around and saying, we're proud of you for taking these steps. I'm sure that was scary and uncertain and we support you and we love you no matter what. You're met with, how could you? You're a horrible human. We don't want anything to do with you. First of all, there's no right or appropriate response to that. It's devastating and it's brutal and it's going to fucking wreck you for a while. So don't try to make it better. Don't try to convince yourself that you don't care about these people. You know, we've all had those scenarios where, well, I don't care what they think about that anyway. Bullshit. Almost always when someone says, well, I don't care what they think, they care what they think. We all care what other people think. If we didn't care what other people thought, the world would not be a decent place. And you could argue that the world is not a decent place right now. But I think it would be a lot worse if we didn't care at all uh, what other people think of us. So allow this to suck. Allow this to wreck you. You didn't see it coming. You don't think it's fair. You don't think it's necessary. But it's happening. Next, you look at your part Look at the choices you made, making sure that they are as ethically clean as they could have been. And if they're not, you go back and you try to repair whatever parts you can repair. The fact of the matter is, often people's reactions are about their stuff. They're not about you, and they're not about your stuff. So it makes it very difficult when you try to fix that. Sometimes there's nothing you can do. Sometimes the reactions that you get from other people are completely clouded and driven by their own shit. And the things that happen to them, and the things that scare them, and the things that they had wished had turned out in a different way. And all of a sudden, you're catching all of this stuff from all of these people, and none of it belongs to you. So what do you do? You leave the door open to those folks. You let them know that you're there if they want to 
try to put this relationship back together. And then you go and you chase the dream that you started to begin with. You find the people who inspire you, who love you, and who get you on the level that you were craving to begin with. You ask for honest feedback from the people in your life and you listen to what they say. When you find people who are willing to give you feedback in a kind and loving manner, who you trust, listen to what they say, even if it doesn't match up with what you want. We live in a world where we can tailor all of the information we get to what we agree with. We've heard a lot about this lately with Facebook feeds and politics, and I think that in our interpersonal lives, it's important to make sure that we are not cutting the people out from our lives that don't agree with us. Now, that does not mean that you keep people in your lives who have eviscerated your soul, like we were talking about earlier, when they don't agree with your decisions and therefore they're just going to come after you and make you feel horrible. But if you have people in your life that you trust and they are telling you that the way you're behaving or some of your actions or whatever it is are not in alignment with who they know you to be, your job then is to sit with that as authentically and honestly as possible until you can gain clarity that where you're at and what you're doing is the right path for you. And at the end of the day, you are the only person in the universe who can truly decide that. As far as moving forward with optimism and an open heart and peace in terms of where you're at, um, that takes time. You can't force it. It will come, but you have to have experiences that are going to help you to erode the trauma that you've just been through. The most important people in your life may have turned their backs on you, and so now how can you ever trust anyone moving forward ever again? And that's where you have to give yourself time and recognize that you will find people in your life who support you, and you will find people who won't abandon you. And if you look carefully, you probably will find that you still have people in your life who have been there all along. They may not have been the ones that you thought would still be there, or they may not have been the ones that you think should have been there for you all along, but they are evidence that you are not completely off the rails. They are evidence that you are okay and you are worth sticking around for. Okay, so we're going to switch gears a little bit, and our next question comes in through email, and they want to know and this is a female person writing in, and they want to know if men are actually capable of intimate, long-lasting relationships. So the short answer is yes, but I completely understand the question, and I could probably do a whole separate podcast series on men and relationships and why many of them don't show up the way uh, other people in the relationships, mainly women, want them to. The reality is that men are not raised in an environment in our culture where it's supported or safe to speak to your emotions. Groups of boys don't talk about how they're feeling about stuff very much. I wish they would. And some boys do. Usually it's one-on-one, -on -one, 
um, and not in a group setting because there's that fear of being seen as weak or gay or not generally manly enough. So this particular person who's writing in has never had men in their lives who have been able to show up for them in an authentic and important way, and they haven't stuck around. And so, of course, she's going to be wondering if the relationship that she's in now is going to end the same way. So very similar to our last person who called in, there's this distrust now. There's this questioning about whether we can move forward when everything in our bodies is telling us that we will get hurt again. And why would we want to put ourselves in that position? And it's inevitable that we will get left and we will get hurt and we may get abused. And all these things that have always happened to us will definitely happen again. And it would be foolish to put ourselves in a position where we open ourselves up to that possibility once again. So my advice here, my plea to you is to not give up. To take the risk, to lower your tolerance for being treated badly, to heighten your radar on when someone may have the propensity to treat you badly or to leave a relationship when it starts getting too intense or when the first little you know, signs of trouble start popping up. So keep your eyes wide open and trust that that knowledge can keep you safe to a larger extent than it has in the past because you've gained more information. But do not shut yourself out from possible opportunities for joy, for happiness, for fulfillment of all kinds. I have lots of clients who are in the situation where they have been burned before and they're afraid to follow through uh, with the relationship that they're in because they keep having these doubts and they keep coming in to see me and they say, I, I just want this to stop. I want the voice in my head that tells me that uh, I'm not worthy or that they're going to leave me to just go away. So here's the thing. That voice is not going to go away. It may get less and less over the years, but chances are it will always be there somewhere in the background. There's a school of thought that I like to use a lot in my work. Um, it's called Acceptance and Commitment Therapy Act for short. And they have this analogy of uh, that you're driving a school bus. And all of the voices that you've ever heard in your life, all the people who have cast judgment on you, your mom's best friend that said that thing to you when you were seven that you never forgot. They're on the bus. Everybody's on the bus. The kicker is you cannot get anyone off the bus, but you can bring new people and new voices on the bus. So in this scenario where there's this voice that says that you are unworthy of love or that your partner is going to leave you because that's what's always happened, you can just let that voice be there. Just make sure it's not the only thing you're listening to. So with the bus analogy, you can just sort of thank that voice. It's there because it's trying to keep you safe. It's trying to warn you about what's always happened before. And you can send it to the back of the fucking bus. And you can bring more helpful voices forward. Those voices that tell you that you are loved. 
that you are worth them, worth their time, worth their love, worth their care. All of those things that you know to be true, the feedback that you get from the people you trust, like we were talking about earlier, bring all of that stuff up to the front of the bus. Let those more helpful voices soothe you and inspire you. And the more negative stuff, you can just let it be there. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. If you'd like to submit a question for our next segment, please email me at rowan at therapyforhumanspodcast.com. So until next time, take care of yourself, take care of each other.